so thankful for you all being here today. We are beginning a new series that will uh, take us over the next few weeks. And, you know, before long, Christmas will be here. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Anyways, we're calling this new series Body Parts. Body Parts. How many of you are familiar with the uh, kids' game Operation? Anybody? Okay. So probably you've uh, you played it at some point along the way uh, growing up. I don't know, maybe some of you played it last night, but uh, <laughs> certainly by your raise of hands, most of you have heard of it or seen of it before. Uh, just a review, I have one here this morning. Um, this is an updated version. If you look online, you'll find the original guy. He doesn't have any clothes on. So this, this is the PG uh, version of Operation. Anyways, um, just a few things to remind you about how this game works. Um, it's designed to be a game of physical skill and dexterity and uh, there are various objects that are put in the hole and then as you draw cards and you make your way through the game, you'll be asked to um, retrieve one of these from the, from the indentation in the game and then you have these little tweezers to do it and if you aren't steady enough, you'll touch the side And the nose lights up, right? And there's a buzzer, and the nose nose lights up, and uh, and, and then of course you're, uh, I don't know, you're disqualified or whatever at that point. So, if you do a little little research on this, you'll find out that a that a young man, a relatively young man in 1964, John Spinello was his name, came up with the idea of this game sold it uh, to a toy designer by the name of Marvin Glass for $500. $500 and the, and the promise that after he graduated college, he was this guy that invented it was a student at Illinois University, that after graduation he would be guaranteed $500 and the guarantee of a job, right? He got the $500, but never got the job, right? Pretty crazy. The operation franchise today is worth $40 million. $40 million, 500. Did I mention the 500? <laughs> and then 40 million years from 64 to, what is that, uh, uh, 60 years uh, has gone to 40 uh, million dollars. So um, you've got how the game is played, but just a little bit of little bit of fun trivia here uh, uh, about the character as well as the parts in in the, the parts on the game board. There, uh, does anybody know what this who what this guy's name is? Anybody? I thought you all played it before. 
Anybody know what his name is? His name is Cavity Sam. Cavity Sam. Okay, so so you didn't know the answer to that. I wanna I wanna see if you know what ailment, because most of the parts in this thing here, obviously operation, you're taking out these parts. Uh, I want I want you I want to see if you can connect the the emblem or the the little piece to what the ailment was. All right. So, anyways, here we go. In in the top part, located near where the heart would be, there is a a plastic heart that is cracked. Does anybody know what that represents? Oh, okay. All right. You got that part. Good. Does anybody remember what this guy's name was? Okay. Just check it. All right. Good. All right. Okay. A broken heart. Okay. So we have a plastic bucket located at the knee. Water on the knee. That's awesome. You got that. Okay, so what about a, a wrench in the ankle area? A wrenched ankle. Very good. A uh, couple more. How about a, a, the butterfly in the torso area? Very good. All right, good, 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 good. Uh, a horse in the hip joint? Charlie horse, right? And a pencil in the forearm. Writer's cramp. Somebody got it there. Those are kind of old school ailments there. Okay, so this is kind of, that was just a little fun thing there to get you to be thinking about body parts. Of all the many images that the New Testament writers use to describe the church, such as a sacred building, the temple, in the New Testament, we, there's a reference to the church being like an army. There's a reference to the church being like a family. There's a reference to the church being the bride of Christ. But of all the imagery that is put forth for the church in the New Testament, the most prominent image that Paul uses in his letters is the human body. And he calls that, he, he talks about the human body as a reference for the body of Christ. Are you, are you still, okay. Now, <clears throat> there are a variety of reasons why Paul chose to use that metaphor, that analogy to, to teach about to talk about uh, the greater body of Christ. One such reason he likens uh, the church to the body of Christ has to do uh, with the fact that it suggests that, that Christ's presence is still here on earth, but in the form of his body, the church. In other words, we are, as people of God, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are, as the church, as the body of Christ, we are, we are the presence of God in flesh. Boy, I feel like I lost everybody. Okay, so we talk about, we talk about the the Holy Spirit, right? And we talk about God's presence and how 
He is there with us in spirit, right? But what happens is, is, or what is supposed to happen, is that the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives and then we get to be the expression of Holy Spirit to the world around us. You see, I think sometimes people are thinking that that God just invisibly is out there doing, and He does stuff sovereign from us, okay? Let's understand that. But His plan A is that He would come upon our lives in such a way that we would be so moved that we would then begin to act and, and reach and speak and, and do as the Holy Spirit would lead us to do. I don't know if I got the right people. I think we all think like, okay, I'm saved. Now I get to sit at home and just wait for my eternal glory to arrive. No, we are, we are the body of Christ. We are, okay, okay, you got that. Okay, let, let me keep moving. Listen, listen to how Luke, listen, this is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. As Luke is introducing his, his letter, his Acts letter, he starts out with these words. In my former book, which would have been what? the Gospel of Luke. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that had been chosen. Now the, the key word in that verse is began to do. Now he's going to write the book of Acts which is the early church continuing to do that which Jesus started. You got it? He is taken up. The Holy Spirit is poured out. And so now it becomes our mission, our, our turn. Uh, we have the baton, if you will, to do uh, what God has called us to do, all right? The body of Christ, body parts. Paul's use of this body image suggests to us that he did not see the church simply as an organization, but an organism. You know, people see churches out there. They see buildings, they, you know, that it's kind of like the church, and then just down from that's the fire hall, and, and so forth and so on. It just becomes another organization. But Paul uses this idea of the human body to talk about the church as though it's a living, breathing organism, not simply an organization or institution. Now, I think we can all agree here this morning that uh, the health of any organism is essential to its growth and the fulfillment of its mission. Let me say that again. The health, the health, 
the health of any organism goes directly to it being able to fulfill its mission. For example, uh, a healthy plant, maybe remember a few, several months ago, I'm, I'm going to bring back into you the plant next week. Remember we planted some seeds? Ah, you thought I forgot. I didn't forget. The health of any plant uh, will in large part determine whether it fulfills its mission or destiny. This past uh, spring, I wasn't going to say this, I don't have it in my notes, but uh, we had, we had, my wife, not we, my wife had a banner garden this year. The plants were luscious, there were fruit coming out everywhere, right? So much so that we didn't know what to do with all of it. That has never been our problem in the past, ever, right? We're hoping, to, oh, maybe, maybe that squash is going to make it. Maybe it'll make it. Do you think we'll get to eat it? Maybe it'll make it. This year, it's like, hey, you want, what do you want? We had people coming and picking beans and all kinds of stuff because we just simply couldn't keep up with it, right? That fruit we discovered is directly connected to the health and well-being of that plant. And if that plant is not getting our friend, my friend, the guy who came and helped us uh, better understand gardening, he said, if you don't give the plant what it wants and what it needs, you don't get no fruit. If that plant ain't healthy, you ain't getting no fruit. It's an organism. The same could be said of our bodies, right? Our human bodies, our fleshly bodies, right? If we are going to be able to best fulfill our calling and our mission, we need to be healthy. Trust me, after just having a catheter and a bag for three months, I can tell you straight up, right from the horse's mouth, that if you aren't feeling well, you can't do a good job fulfilling your mission. If you don't believe me, go home today and tie your arm behind your back. This one arm. You can have the other one. But tie an arm behind your back and go ahead and try to fill, fulfill what the rest of your functions are that day. You'll find it, you'll find it harder. You'll find it less uh, uh, enjoyable, right? So... It's absolutely crucial that each of us personally and uh, locally and the greater context of the body of Christ, that if we, if, uh, let me say it again, if we are not healthy, we will not be, just like our human bodies, if we are not spiritually healthy, we will not be able to fulfill our God-given reason, our God-given purpose for existence. You just won't. You can't. It, it won't magically happen. Now, 
everyone knows that, you know, health relates to vitality. If you're healthy, you'll, 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 there'll be some vibrancy about things. Uh, the, the fact that Paul chose the image of a human body as a metaphor for the church. And in light of the fact that when he was, when he was writing particularly to the Corinthian church, who was struggling, uh, both individuals in the church and that local church assembly, they were struggling in terms of their health and well-being. And Paul knew that if they didn't get that straight, they wouldn't be able to fulfill their reason for existence. And so he wrote to them about various things using this metaphor of our human bodies to talk about the church. Now, this morning, I want to talk to you about five foundational truths, five foundational truths about the body, particularly the body of Christ. And they're, I, I'm, I'm borrowing from what Paul talked about, and it's easy for you to remember this, right? Uh, one is uh, Romans 12, and the other is 1 Corinthians 12. So, you, so same chapter, same number chapter, two different uh, books. Now the first thing, the first truth that I want to, uh, I'm just laying some foundation today for the weeks ahead. But the first truth I want to give to you this morning is the body is one. Now, listen to what Paul said. Here it is in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ, or the body of Christ. Did you hear that? We got one body. We haven't got many bodies. We've got one body with many parts. It's an important truth to grab hold of. Listen to how he says it in verse 20. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. In when he was writing to the Romans, the Christians at Rome, he, he said this in chapter 12. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. It is clear here that Paul is drawing this analogy between the church, the body of Christ, and the human body. And he's talking about it in terms of members or parts or systems of the human body. In a healthy human body, there are many parts. Uh, look at some of your parts right now. You have some fingers. You have a hand that make up a hand. You have arms. Just go ahead. Look at your body parts. You have, you have different parts. If you were to take off your shoes, you would see some feet there and some toes there. There's many, many parts, many members. But you are just one body. You. You. And you, you're one body that has many parts. And Paul says, he says, that's what it's like in the body of Christ. He said that there's only one body. There isn't 
a bunch of bodies of Jesus. There's one body. But that body has many parts. He wants you to know that. He wants us to know that. These parts, uh, these systems, uh, they work together. They, they, they uh, you know, we're going to talk about this in a week ahead. The way our bodies work is unbelievable, right? Somebody said that an atom blew up out in outer space and somehow formed a little scum in some pond someplace and then everything came out of that. I want to tell you that is, if you study how your human body works, that's stupidity. That's insanity. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't pull that off. Nobody can pull that off but God. All these parts and these systems, they work together. Uh, the body is, is healthy when all those things are working uh, to support the one body. All the parts, they're not doing their own thing. They're all working in conjunction with the other parts to support the body. Number two. And you may say, well, you just said this. I, no, what I just said to you is the body is one. Understand that. The body is one. Number two, the body is made up of many members. Listen to tw uh, chapter 12, verse 14, 1 Corinthians. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. In Romans 12, 4, it says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. I just want you to keep hearing this. The body, there's one body. Uh, but also, the body is made up of many members. Systems. Number three. Each member slash system of the body has a particular function. Paul goes to great lengths to affirm that there is a significant role to play, part to play, of each one of these members or systems in the body. Listen to what he says. Even so, the body is made up of, not of one part, but of many. That's verse 14. And then in, in, in chapter 12, verse 7, he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay, so what's that, what's that saying? It's saying that my part, this part that I have, this member, this system that is at work in my body, is, to, is in place and working to benefit all the other parts of the body. It's not over here working independent from. It's working in conjunction with the rest of the parts of the body. Are, are you, uh, okay, so let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're getting there. We're getting there. He says this, uh, Paul does, in verse 11 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. All these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he distributes to each of them. He's talking about these, uh, these roles to play, these, the, 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 the manifestation of God's spirit in a particular individual or part in the body for the common good. And it's God by his spirit that is working these things 
just as he determines. In Romans, he says it similarly. He says, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the other bodies, all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If your gift is prophesying, then let him prophesy in accordance with the face. And he goes through a variety of different uh, gifts. In 1 Corinthians, Romans 12, uh, Romans 12, Paul gives a sampling, not meant to be exhaustive, but a sampling of gifts and systems, parts, if you will, uh, that go on in, the, in this one body. Prophecy, serving or ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, compassion, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, discernment, uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Uh, while this is a really good list, it's not meant to be an exhaustive list. God is pouring out his spirit to, uh, to, to enable us to have a role to play in serving uh, as a member of the one body in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way that it benefits the rest of the body. Thank you. Now, number four. Each and every part or member is important. Each and every part or member is important. I want to read to you a, a, quite a lengthy, it's about 11 verses from 1 Corinthians 12, and I, I would ask you to just listen. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is what he goes on to say now. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could we hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could we smell? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the very ones that are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but at this, that its parts should have equal concern for one another. Now, I just got to tell you, I got I to say this to you. In light of what I have, been, have gone through this past summer, I have a newfound appreciation 
for the excretory system of my body. Newfound appreciation. Before when I went to the bathroom, I took it for granted. But I do so no longer. I am so thankful for that part of the body. It may be a less honorable part, but I'm thanking God for the escritory system that causes stuff to leave the building, right? Exit the building. Listen, listen, listen to me. What I found out was if that part don't work like it should, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. Just ask my wife. And I, I was at home and I'm, I'm, I'm saying to her, I said, sweetheart, something's not right. Something is not, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, something, I'm, I thought I was going nuts. I mean, I am, but I, I thought we were on a faster track in that direction, right? And I said, sweetheart, we got to do something. I got to do something. I, I got to, uh, I'm not talking about the kidney stone. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about the moment that my escrita, whatever they call it, it wasn't working. And I said to her, I said, we got we to gotta go. Something's not right. And I, I just want to tell you, when, 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 when they brought relief to me uh, in, a, in a less than normal way, when that happened, uh, I felt like literally life came back into my body. When something's not working right, you can't fulfill what God, the, your, the reason for your existence. Now, number five, this is the last one. When one member of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. In our human bodies, these individual parts slash systems are inextricably connected and related to one another. So, so, so much so that when an injury to one part or system of the body happens, it ends up affecting the whole function of the body. How many of you ever, how many of you, I'm looking at Doug down here in the front row, who I know has had many, many back surgeries. How many of you have ever had your back uh, go, misfunction on you? Anybody? Wow, wow. Rich chiropractors in this area right here, right here. So you've had, you've had your something out of whack in your back, right? And you can testify to the fact that when that something's not right there, it affects everything. Like you can't even, sometimes if it's bad enough, you can't even think straight. Like your brain, your brain, all he can think of is, I don't want to hurt, right? When one part of the body 
is hurting, it affects the rest of the body. Now, that is why it is so... Let me read to you the verse. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. In 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 26, Paul says, remember, he's drawing this... He's making this comparison between the human body and the body of Christ. He says this, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. In other words, if one member, part, system is affected, the whole body is affected. It's kind of an all for one, one for all type of policy, Paul is saying. It's easy to think of it in terms of a missing hand or a missing leg and how, how difficult that makes doing things, uh, you know, happen. But I want, I'm asking you this morning to think about it in terms of of each of our own well-being. And if you may think to yourself, you may think, well, you know, I, I got this little problem with whatever. And you're thinking, but that only affects me. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it affects all of us. And, and here's why it affects all of us. Because if you're not able to fulfill your purpose and calling and gifting, that means the rest of us have to try to make up the gap for that. God knows what he's doing. He knows how to how to disperse the various parts and systems and pieces. What's, what's incumbent upon us is that we are paying attention to our own body, and I don't mean just our physical body. You know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like when, 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 when and, I, and I'm the first one to raise my hand and say I'm guilty. Like my wife says, maybe you should go to the doctor for that. I'm like, nah, nah. Nah, I don't need to. Nah, I'll take care of it. I, it'll, it'll, it'll pass, right? And it's almost like, you know, for me to move, to think about doing something to, to be better, a, a bomb's got to go off. And that's what I dealt with this last summer. A bomb went off. Some people are running to the doctors all the time. What I'm, what I'm trying to get to this morning is, is that I want, I want our local church to be the example of what a healthy, thriving, growing, and I'm not saying it's not, but what, what I've come to discover is there's always room for improvement. And you know what? I want every one of you involved in the process. 
I don't, we, I don't want anybody thinking, well, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to give. No, you do. If you are in Christ, you are in the body. And if you are in the body, God has given you a contribution to make to the body. And if you're not contributing in the way that God has wired you and gifted you, then we're missing something. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have, uh, you don't have to have, you just have to do what God has wired you to do. That's all. That's all. That's enough. I just wanted to, I wanted you to hear what Paul is doing here in these couple passages. He's, you know, uh, uh, the best object lessons are the ones that you can see and relate to. And there's no greater, because we all have one, we all have a body, there's no greater object lesson than to, than to look at our human bodies and how they function and use that as kind of a grid or a, a, a tool to look at the body of Christ and see how it's meant to function. That's what Paul is doing. And Paul says there's one body, one body. There, there isn't, you know, in the church in Corinthian, I think they were thinking they were, uh, maybe they were doing their own thing there. And Paul says, no, I want you to understand there's only one body. One body, but yes, that body has many parts. And God has, has made it so. He has expressed his grace in such a way that, that those parts have different functions. You know, thank God for ears and thank God for eyes and thank God, but thank God for livers. The parts you can't readily see. Thank God for livers. You know how you know who's thankful for for livers? People's people who've had a transplant because their liver didn't function just right. Those are the people who have a new profound appreciation for a part. They can't be readily seen. Paul says these uh, parts, they're important. Each one of them are important. Now somebody may be sitting, you may be seeing, saying right now, you, you know, you're taking, taking this you know, to the extreme. Well, you don't need your appendix. Okay, well, there's, there may be some parts. You, uh, that, but there's probably a reason the appendix are there. Every part is important. And when one part's not, when one part is suffering, when one part's not up to speed, not working like it should, it has, it has a, there's a ripple effect from that. Ripple effect. Over the next number of weeks, 
I'd like to identify what some of those parts and systems are in the body of Christ. We'll take a look at them, just like we would, uh, and we will do this. We'll look at some of the systems in our, in our human anatomy and, and the role that they play in order for our human physical bodies to function properly. We're going to look at some of the parts and systems of the body of Christ that need to be intact and working well in order for us to thrive and fulfill the reason for our being. Body parts, that's what we're calling it. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy it. I've already started to look ahead a little bit and it's fascinating. I, I, I said to the guys, meaning Josh and Scott here a few weeks ago, I said, you know, <clears throat> the, 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 the more I look at stuff like this, we, we, we are a walking miracle. Amen. Uh, we are a walking miracle. We, we take so much for granted. But if one little cell, one little cell in your body decides to create a mutiny, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Stand with me if you would, please, and we'll pray. Lord, thank you for your precious word that speaks to us about all manner and things of life, Lord. But I particularly want to thank you for uh, the metaphor that is presented for, to us in your word, Lord, of, of how the body is supposed to work, how, it, how it's to function. And Lord, uh, they're, 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 I am so thankful for all the systems and the parts and pieces of, of this local assembly, Lord, this local church. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for the roles and, and place. I see people, I just saw as we were, we were going to break just now. Or we were in break there for that three or four minutes and we were coming back to hear your word. I saw people towards the back of the church praying for other people. And Lord, that's your body at work right there. Right there. That's it, it's happening. That's them taking that, the deposit that you put in them and, and they're, they're using it to benefit the rest of the body. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that. So, Lord, over these next uh, weeks, as, as I personally have come into a, a, a newfound appreciation for how the body works, I think it was one of the things that you, that you uh, made me aware of this past summer, Lord, I pray that as we explore this as a, as a church family, Lord, that, that people will begin to see the relevancy of the role they play in serving your people, Lord, in building your church, in causing it to thrive and grow. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.